I want to talk to you for a little while about can God count on you? And so we're going to go to 1 Timothy 4, verse 16. 1 Timothy 4, verse 16 today. Paul is giving Timothy some good words. And we're opening a new series today. I'm pretty excited about this series. I didn't know if this series was going to make it to the pulpit or not. I'll be honest, Sister Carla. I, I have some thoughts sometimes, and I feel like they're, 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 you know, the Lord has a very special relationship with me, and most of the time it's like, stop it. Quit. Don't do that. But um, I, I began to think about this, and there's about 80 different places in Scripture, 80 different times where it says, take heed to thyself. And uh, let's watch carefully or, or make a note of it. Make a note of it. This is important. Do not miss this. And so Paul says, take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Would you say that's a pretty important note to self? Amen. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for leading us and guiding us into places where you can speak to us from your word. Thank you for every person who's faithful to the house of God today and those that are online listening. We ask you, Lord, that you remind us, Jesus, to take heed to the good things and to guard them and watch over them, I pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Could you turn to your neighbor and tell them notes to self? Can God count on you? Amen. You may be seated. It was a turn of the century in a redwood tree in California. I've shared this story before in a sermon, so I'll paraphrase through this story. It was damaged by disease, and it showed in the rings of the tree. The tree itself, of course, we understand, gives a ring in its structure every year that it lives. So if you cut a tree down, just like this tree here that I've brought with me, you can see the rings inside the tree. And if you count the rings from the outside in, you can tell the age of the tree. For every tree has marked in it its lifespan. Yes, every ring marks one year. And if you look at a tree, you will see some ring, rings are greater in growth, some rings are less, because the tree goes through either a famine that year, or it's a more difficult year, or it's a more a, a, more of a struggle to survive that year. And so it, it doesn't grow in girth as much as it does in other years. But there still is a marking in its life rings that tells you how old it is, regardless of what the tree went through, you can see that each ring means it survived another year. And I want to ask you, can God count on you? Can God count on you in the good days and in the bad days, in the strong years and in the weak years, in the moments that are difficult, in the moments that are defined and you know that God is blessing you? Can you say that at the end of a year, you mark down that God has gotten me through this, that God has kept me and he deserves my faithfulness. Is anybody here willing to say that there is some things in your life that you would not like to have in the record, but nonetheless, if you get to the end and you say, Lord, cover it in your blood and walk with me in your, and let me walk in your spirit, there should be some demarcations in the soul of every human being here that says, 
says, I have lived for God. I have walked with God, sometimes better, sometimes not so great, but still I have years that I have walked with God and he has counted on me like Abraham was counted on God and counted for righteousness, for his faithfulness. Others who walk with God, David, who had many faults, amen. So the rings of your life do not only tell the good times, but they tell the mistakes of your life. Jacob also, Israel, he's changed his name, but he walked with God. Even though he was originally a cheat or a surplanter, God changed his name and made him a son of God, and he walked with God. But all throughout the history of the Word of God, it does not deny or it does not hide the, the rings or the places of damage inside the lives of those that walked with God. It, it tells over and over again the places where they slipped and they fell and they made mistakes and they should not have been used by God the way they were, but because their heart was right and because they had a dedication to God to heal and to keep walking with him, not only did they count on God, but in the end, God could count on them. Amen, somebody? So we have to be careful that we understand that there are few things we need to take note of. And one of those things that's important is to know that we need to make a note to self that we're dedicated to healing through everything that comes against us. Are you dedicated to get better, to be better, and to do better, no matter what happens, no matter how great your days are, no matter how long your life is, are you dedicated to put everything under the blood? And like Paul, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press toward the mark of the call of God, of the, of the high, I, I'm not, I'm butchering it at the moment, but I apologize. Press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes my brain does that. Forgive me. I'm a pastor that is busy working too. And I love the word of God. And I see in the scriptures that he takes moments with us and he does things for us that we don't even even understand, but whenever he looks at our life, I pray that God can count the rings of my life and say, here he was faithful, there he was faithful. Even if you fall, you're still faithful, and every ring says, I survived, and I'm going to be an overcomer, amen? How about you? I talked about it last week. I'm going to be an overcomer, and when God gets to counting on the days of my life, I wonder if he can count on me the things where I healed, the places where people did me wrong, but I got out of it because I covered it with God's blood and I covered it with God's grace and even when I could have done them wrong I didn't I gave them good for evil and I walked out because I want to survive I want to mark another year of walking with God I don't want disease to attack me I don't want bitterness to attack me I don't want hurt and pain to get down in the center of my soul and begin to eat out all that is good in me and eventually give up on what God has given me or to walk away from all the blessings that are in my life from the word of God and from the people of God, but I want to live each year marking again and again. Every January, I'm going to mark it again and again. Here's another year I lived. Here's another year I walk with God. Another year I walk in the word. Another year I survived. Another year I lived for him, and I knew, and I knew he was with me. So when he counts my years, no, some may not have been the best, but he still counts them anyways. 
He counts them because at the end of the day, I'm dedicated to heal and move on and be used by God and see God use me and see God use my life. And so whatever you go through, note to self, heal yourself with the word. Heal yourself in prayer. Do not suppress it. Do not bottle it up. Do not push it down. Release it to God and let God take care of it. It's the way that God can count your life worthy of what he does. Also, other things we need to understand is that when we read Scripture here, he said, take heed to thyself. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine you need to be dedicated to the doctrine of the Word of God. Doctrine is so important. We cannot have a, a, a flimsy, floppy truth. We cannot go one way and then the other. You have to know that there is only one God, and there is no God beside me. There is only one Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is none like him. No, not one. God says, I know not another. Oh, they may call them gods with a little g, and they may be made with hands, but brothers and sisters, don't ever worship a God that is made by human hands because you will always have to stand it back up. You will always have to prop it back up again. You will have to lift it back up and set it up again. Ask Dagon in the house of the Philistines. You cannot stand before a God who is unlike, unlike any other. You will fall, Every other God will fall on its face and break its hands and not be able to help you through your situation. But if you give your life to God and to good doctrine, Doctrine, it will save you. Truth will bring you out. For you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you don't have truth and doctrine in your life, you do not have freedom in your life. And you cannot live through the rings and the, and the hassles and the harassment of the enemy if you do not have truth. You've got to have something to battle with. Amen? In doing so, you save yourself, Scripture says. You take on good doctrine, you save yourself and those who hear you. I pray that whenever you hear preaching from this pulpit, that you feel energy and excitement and belief that this is not a world that I believe is just absolutely lost in its chaos. But there's a God who came and put a cross in the ground and said, as long as you anchor this in your life, you will have truth. You will have the ability to, to organize the chaos into something that God can create a beautiful story out of and it can put a new ring in your life. And you can say, I remember when I went through that situation. I remember when I struggled and I remember when it was tough, but I lived through it. I survived it and God got me through it. You will look back at the things in the years of your life, Brother Reese, and you will say, yeah, that was a tough one. I remember I barely grew that year, but I grew. Note to self, be dedicated to growing. I don't care what you go through. Be dedicated to growing. I don't care how hard it is to get your Bible open in the morning and read one or two verses. Be dedicated to growing. Grow your life in Christ Jesus. It won't grow anywhere else. You can take all the self-help you want to. You can go through all the psychology you want to. But the Word of God is dedicated to growing you. You need to be dedicated, note to self, grow through everything. Amen.
I also want to talk to somebody here who's run out. And I, I, this, is, this is what I preach about a lot because this is what I went through in my life. And so forgive me if I'm hitting what, uh, what, what I sometimes hit regularly. But you got to take heed to yourself. We got doctrine that saves us and those that hear you. How do those that hear you get saved? Because when you run out of want to, you have to lean into God's will to. When you run out of want to do something, when you start and, and you know it's good and you know God has called you to it, you know God wants you to do it, and you're living the rings of your life and you're going through the, 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 the motions sometimes and you're like, you know, I, I don't always feel it. I don't always feel like, hey, this is going to be a word from God, but I dig enough and I pray enough until I'm coming to this pulpit knowing this is the word for today. And if you don't do that, you have to understand, if you don't have the want to in, in some moments, you lean into God's will to do it. Amen. Because he will do it. Amen. Do you believe that? Amen. So you want to have a note to self that whenever you run out of want to, you run on God's will to. Hebrews 2, 1 through 12 says this so beautifully, and, I, and I, I guess I'm jumping around, tech team. Thanks for being with me. I'm trying to pull this together, and I feel like the Holy Ghost is leading me in this today. Is this all right? Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things, that's just another way of saying take heed to yourself, to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Everybody say, you can slip. Yes, you can. That is one thing we can do. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How shall we escape? We have to be vigilant, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Amen. Save yourself and all those who hear you is what he's saying. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles. Can I just say, we don't chase signs and wonders and miracles. Signs and wonders and miracles follow them that believe. Do you understand that? We're not asking and going after miracles, but we are saying those that get together, that are true believers, that have been washed in the blood and born again, there shall be miracles, signs, and wonders that follow them, and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to whose will? His own will. He's saying when you run out of the want to, just lean on his will because God will do it through the power of the Holy Ghost and he'll use signs, wonders, and miracles to do so. And he's done it in your life and he's done it in mine. How many can say that he's done miracles in your life? How many have run out of want to and look back to the miracle that was recorded in your life and said if he did it then, he can do it now. Amen. How many have pulled from your past to get you strength in your present and said I'm going to live for him in my future because of what he's done for me. It's recorded in my life. God can count it on me. The times that he saved me and sanctified me and set me free. Thank God that I have his will to lean into. Amen? Number three, note to self, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, Sister Carla. You have to go to God's gym in faith. Amen? In the word of God. The Bible, David tells his son Solomon to be strong in the Lord. In Scripture, in Second Chronicles twenty-eight ten, 
you find these words as David is giving some commendation to his son about building the tabernacle. He tells him, I'm not able to build a tabernacle because I have the blood of, of a murder on my hands, but I, I want you to know that you can do it, and I want you to be strong in the Lord and, and the power of his might. It's Second Chronicles 28.10. It says, and now, you pur- and now ye purpose to keep under the children of Judah and Jerusalem for bondmen and bondwomen unto you. But there is not, hmm, that is not the right verse, is it? I believe it is First Chronicles. I think I might have written it down wrong. I apologize to the tech team. Can you give them a big hand? I have it written down, First Chronicles 28.10. Take heed now. Hey, there's a note to self. Take heed now. This is making more sense now. I apologize. For the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Amen. Sometimes you just need to get moving. How many want to say amen to that? Sometimes you need to stop worrying about everything being perfect and just get started. Amen? Some things will never get done if you're waiting for the perfect moment. Some things will never happen if you're waiting for the perfect scenario, brother. You have to just get started. You have to take the first step, and God will iron it out on the way to your miracle. Amen? Sometimes you just have to get started. And so he tells him earlier in the scripture, he says, serve God with a perfect heart and a willing mind. Seek him and he will be found. He says all these things to Solomon. But in this verse, he says, be strong and do it. And then when you move through this idea, this concept of being strong in the Lord into the New Testament, 2 Timothy 2 and 1 says, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Amen? So not only do you see God admonishing them, or or, or not admonishing, but encouraging them in the Old Testament to be strong in the Lord. But when you get into the New Testament, it says be strong in the grace of the Lord. Amen? So you can see that God is transferring his church in their thinking from from an an old uh, law that you have to be strong and you have to be able to do everything right and do the law, but he's transferring us into the understanding that we may not have deserved this. We may not have been people who were the ones who would have been chosen. We may not be the ones who were most likely to succeed in walking with God, but somehow, through the grace of God, we're able to be strong and do it. Amen? We're able to walk in God's grace when we slip up. I'm not talking about willful sin. I'm talking about you striving to do righteously. And when you make mistakes, God says, be strong in my grace. Let my grace cover the gaps. That's what he's saying. When you make mistakes, when you've messed up, I understand that. Let God's grace cover that. Don't shame yourself. The devil will come and shame you. He'll come and shame you and say, you're not worth anything. Look at you. You can't live this right. You can't keep it together. You can't hold a relationship. You can't. He'll say all kinds of garbage. You know, you know when the devil's lying when his mouth is moving, amen? You got to know that. And so there's people that had their, their whole lives are a mess. But they find the Lord, and God picks them up, and God uses them. I mean, their whole family, you know, (laughs) their whole family is tore up from the floor up. Have you ever heard that one? I mean, they don't get along. They can't seem to, they they communicate like this. They, They can't get it together, no matter what they do. But God grabs them, and God glues them all together and holds them together somehow by his spirit. Amen? Can I tell you that you are kept by God's Spirit, 
that you're held together by God's spirit, that your marriage is held together, that your friendships, that your relationship with your brother and sister in the church, you, you know, we're talking about being unified this year. We're not talking about being like each other because we're not. We're not even close, some of us, to being like each other. You know, I love you. I, I love everybody in here, but we're not going to go on vacation together. You understand that? We're, we're not the same people. Y'all want to go south to the sand. I want to go to a cabin in the north. You know, I've, there's, we're just different people, but we can be unified through Christ Jesus and be strong in the grace of the Lord, and he can hold us all together. He can grab all of us and bring us together. First Timothy, or 2 Timothy 1.14 says, we are kept by the Holy Ghost. Did you know that? And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy, verse 1 through 14. I seem to write it down right. I seem to share it wrong. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. He said, the good thing which was given to you is going to be kept by the Holy Ghost. I know people that say, I got this. I got this. No, 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 you don't. Life can blindside you on a Tuesday afternoon, and you didn't see it coming. But the Holy Ghost can hold you together. The Holy Ghost can hold your family together. Even in the most difficult moments, he can keep you together. And I want to tell you, don't worry about the tears. Note to self, don't worry about the tears when they come. But if, if you can, save them for the hard stuff. Amen? But Psalms 56, 8 says, you keep track of all of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in, in your book. He keeps the books, brothers and sisters. You don't have to. Note to self, in trouble, don't forget the triumphant one is with you. Amen? Make a note of it because you'll forget it in the emotion of the struggle You'll forget it in the moment where you're dealing with the difficulty. You'll forget that God is with you. But he says in Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. Amen. Oh, my goodness, can I preach for a minute? He attaches his grace toward us and his presence with us with the fact that he's got angel armies. He, he steps out on heaven's clouds and goes, I'm with you. And if you want to know how I have proof, look at the host behind me. I'm over all of them. I can take care of your life. If I can run heaven, I can run your life in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of armies, amen, the God who will be militant if he has to. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Think about it. Yes. Selah. That's what Selah means. Think about it. The God of Jacob is our refuge. The God who scooped up a man who was getting it all wrong, who had lying and cheating in his bloodline through his mama. He got his drama from his mama, <laughs> And God said, I'll take someone who's bent toward lying and cheating, and I'll make them my son. There's a refuge in Jacob, for we know God will use the worst, the one who nobody else would pick. And so if you're that person listening online or in this room, God can use you. Note to self, God wants to use you. 
God loves you and will use your life. All I am and all I have is kept by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We get into this series a little bit more, this note to self. I'm going to be talking about Moses. We talk about Joseph's story next week. It talks about be strong in the Lord, all these different places and things that Joseph did. But the only place you see in Scripture where he cries, and I, and I noticed that there's preachers out online right now that are preaching Joseph's story. I went to looking, and I'm like, well, I guess some are hearing from the Lord. We're all reading Joseph's story right now. But we have to understand that we have to let God take vengeance for us. If he keeps the books and he's counting on us, then we have to let God bring the good out of us when others have done evil to us. Amen? When others have done wrong things to us, 1 Peter 3.9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Do not insult others when they insult you. On the contrary, the New International Version says, on the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Why would I want to do that? Why is it that I, you know, some people don't even have the strength to do that because they're trying to do it on their own strength. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I promise you, you will lean the wrong way when you can get back at somebody and you have a reason to. Joseph had every reason to take vengeance on his brothers, but he chose not to. And the place that Scripture records him crying is not when Potiphar's wife lied about him, not when he lost his job at Potiphar's house, not whenever he did good and got all the way up in the prison and told the baker and the butler their story and they forgot about him before the king. He did not, the Scripture does not say that he cried there. But when his family came before him that wanted to kill him and sold him to the Ishmaelites, he cried and he wept. You know what? Why? Because it's not what people do to you that hurts the most. It's who did it to you that hurts the most. When there are people that are close to you and they can hurt you the most and they choose to do so, you have to, when evil is done to you, try your best, yes, but with the power of the Holy Ghost, bless and not curse, amen? Bless them. I know it hurt. I know those people should have loved you better and done better for you. But bless and do not curse. Do not insult those that insult you. Repay evil with blessing. Why? Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. There's a blessing in blessing others. There's a blessing in not cursing others. Let God settle the score Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. You always have control over your actions. You don't have control over other people's actions. You don't have control over what other people say. You don't have control over what other people post. Hello, somebody. <laughs> As a pastor, I'm scrolling and I'm like, nope, not even addressing that. No, Lord, no. I'm not even stopping there. <laughs> Lord, help them. Bless them. I got a lot of inheritance for blessings. <laughs> Whatever you did to me, I got a bigger mansion because of what you did. Just want you to know, I'm smiling not because it felt good. I'm smiling because I know my reward's in heaven. Amen? 
I don't need to settle the score on the earth. I don't have to get back at you. I don't have to show you how wrong you were. I don't have to convince you that you need to apologize up and down to me because you were wrong. I can just stand there, and if a tear runs down my cheek, just know I'm like Joseph. I don't care who did it to me. I'm trusting God that he's going to take care of it. And Joseph wept, the scripture says, when his brother stood before him. Have you ever had somebody just want to watch you die? <laughs> they just, they don't even care. Joseph stood before his brothers who did not care and even lied to his father and took back a coat that they had stained with, with blood and let their father believe all those years that their son, his son was dead, his, his favorite son. And you know, you got to be careful jumping to conclusions. You know, it looked like it. You know, they, they say some people, the only exercise they get is jumping to conclusions. <laughs> you got to be careful. Note to self, <laughs> don't jump to conclusions. I have other scripture here, and it says bodily exercise profiteth little. Jumping to exercise hurts you more. I mean, jumping to conclusions hurts you more. Amen. It's not the jump that hurts. It's the landing that, that's really rough. But... <laughs> The inheritance that goes with blessing others is beautiful. And so I have an understanding that when Moses set boundaries, here's what I want you to do. When you write down what you take notes on in this particular sermon series, just write note to self and write down each one of these, and I can share them with you. But I want you to hear... When Moses went to Mount Sinai, or Sinai, he went up to be with God, and the people, God said, go down and set boundaries around the mountain. And he said, when you set those boundaries, it's going to keep the wrath of God from reaching out and touching or judging the people. He says in Exodus 19, 12, he says, now shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, take heed to yourselves. There's a take heed. Note to self that ye go not up into the mount or torch or touch the border of it. Whosoever touches the mount shall he sure, so surely be put to death or shall be surely put to death. In other words, God says there are some lines you can't cross. These are not, these shall not in a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. And this is very serious what he's saying. And then if you jump down to verse 23, that's what I want to focus on. And Moses said unto the Lord, the people cannot come up to the mount, for thou chargest us, saying, set bounds about the mount and sanctify it. Boundaries help sanctify. Note to self, boundaries help sanctify. And so whenever you're looking at your life, I want to focus on verse 23 there. Set boundaries. Note to self, set boundaries before you need them. Set boundaries before you need them. Some of the damage in your life would not be there. Some of the mistakes you made in life would not be there. I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but some of the things that you tripped and fell over, some of the relationships you fell in that were not godly, some of the situations that you've fallen into, some of the things that you took part of that were not godly, 
would not have happened if you would have set boundaries before the situation happened. Before you get into an environment, before you get into a relationship, set boundaries before you need them. Amen? Uh, that's, I guess that's heavy today, but it's important because boundaries help sanctify. And we need to sanctify our flesh. This thing isn't saved, brothers and sisters. Give your flesh the wrong person getting on the freeway in front of you and see how quickly your flesh wants to lose the Holy Ghost. Amen? Have you ever been going through the grocery store and get road rage because the person in front of you is taking the cart too slow? Anybody? Anybody move lines in the grocery store because people are not moving quick enough? Anybody besides me? If you, if you want to know how quickly your flesh can be irritated and impatient, just, just go ahead and, and go to Walmart, amen, and see what happens. It'll, it'll, it'll get you in the parking lot. I mean, someone will put a cart in the only parking stall left in Walmart and just leave it in the middle of the parking stall. And you'll pull up and go, is this really happening? People live their life like this. They don't return things. They don't put stuff back. I'm telling you that you have to have boundaries before you get there, and, and you have to set up something that's going to guard your flesh. I, I love my children. I love my daughter. I love my son. But I don't trust their flesh. You have to understand, you cannot trust your children's decisions when it comes to flesh. You can trust them for everything you put into them. Every, every Bible verse they know, I thank God for Bible quizzing for my son. Bible quizzing has helped them. They know parts of Psalms that uh, they can just quote entire chapters of Psalms. I thank God for Bible quizzing. I'm so grateful for it. But whenever it comes to where they are at 10 o'clock in their car, I am either texting them or calling them, why aren't you home? Where are you? Why? Not because I don't trust them. I implicitly trust them as my son and my daughter but I do not trust their flesh. If they're with somebody alone or if they're in a situation, if they're parking and sparking and fogging up windows, hello, somebody, can I preach today? Is it all right if I tell it like it is? I want to know where they're at because their flesh can do things that cost them for the rest of their life. You better put in some boundaries, brothers and sisters. You better put in something that protects you before you need to be protected, amen? That our world is starting to get this concept of securing things before it needs to be secured. And setting boundaries and putting in protections before I'm going to have to use them because it's coming. Amen. This world is starting to understand that. But that is a biblical concept. Putting in the protection before you need it. Amen. Is this too heavy today? You guys are getting quiet on me. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this is too much for a Sunday morning. Let's do this Thursday night Bible study. I mean, y'all listen to Rihanna, and y'all listen to all this other stuff, and the preacher can't say park and spark and fog up windows? Come on now. Did I cross a line somewhere here? This is the Word of God. 
This is where we find boundaries are important. This is where you end up with a child out of wedlock. This is where you end up with trouble and situations, and you're wondering why they came to your life. And if you just backtrack through the circles of your life, through the places of your life, you'll find out you made some mistakes that you couldn't grow through, and there's repercussions for it. And some of us are blaming God for the decisions that we made because we didn't put boundaries in place that would have protected us and would have given us a stronger life. You can build a stronger life from your mistakes. Yes, you can, but you cannot run from your consequences. You will have to see that loved one in prison. You will have to learn to raise that child. You will have to give it to God every single day when you run out of patience with that spouse you now live with. You will have to do this through God's help because you didn't put boundaries first, but oh, God, help us at the house of God not to be so flimsy that we don't preach the boundaries that build a very strong life before they make the mistakes, before they get there. I walked down the aisle and married that beautiful woman and had a right to wear white because we had not gone and been in any of the relationships. I know people don't talk about that anymore. I know that's not the way it is. They say you got to test drive before you buy the car. I want to tell you something. There's a whole lot of people that test drove before they went to the altar and their marriage did not make it. They test drove and then traded it in for the next best model. I'm getting serious. I'm serious. They talk about you need to do all these things to make sure they're compatible, but they don't understand that God put covenant before he put sex. Hello, somebody. He put covenant before he put intimacy. You cannot have intimacy with God unless you have covenant through water baptism and then filling in the Holy Ghost first. That is his design. He made boundaries and rules for a reason. They're not just fences to keep you out. That is a lie from the devil from Genesis 1. God is keeping you from something. No, he's protecting you with boundaries. He's giving you a life where you don't live a menial job, paying off debt to things that you should have never been involved with, things that you should have never fallen into because you didn't have good boundaries. God wants you to have a blessed life. Note to self, boundaries are good for me. Boundaries are good for you. Ladies, I hope you can take the walk of modesty. I pray you take the walk of holiness. You go ahead and watch any kind of YouTube you want to. You go out there and you find different channels you want to. I pray it's godly, but you listen to models. They'll tell you supermodels and Victoria's Secret models and other models will tell you that they are some of the most in, insecure people on planet Earth. They're constantly checking themselves. They're constantly going to get lasered freckles off their face. They're constantly making sure everything's right, starving themselves to death so they can look right and walk right coming down the runway. I want you to know that if you take a walk of modesty in your life, you will sense the empowerment of God in that modesty. You'll sense the empowerment of God in those boundaries. You'll sense the empowerment of God in that holiness, and you will begin to build a very strong self-esteem because you're saying, no, I'm not going to show it all. No, it's not for sale. No, it's not for everybody eyes to see. It belongs to the Lord. I gave this body to God first. 
And it's not for everybody to look at. If it's not for sale, don't put it in the window, they used to say. And I'm telling you, the boundaries in your life will grow you strong. And when God looks back, he'll say, I can count on them. I can count on them. Look at where they grew. Look at how their life changed. Would you stand with me? I hope this has not been, I know it's heavy. But I'm praying that you hear what I'm saying. Boundaries protect you. Holiness helps you. You are not kept from things. The only thing you're kept from is heartache. The only thing you're kept from is somebody cheating on you because they cheated on somebody else to be with you. You understand that? That the heartache that people are encountering in this world today is built off of the sin that is in this world. Sin hurts. It'll leave you longer than you wanted to be left. It'll take you further, you know the saying, than you wanted to go. And it'll hurt you more than you thought you could ever hurt. But if you give it to God, that is the point. If you give it to God, he can count on you if you give it to him and he can make a difference in your life. Could you bow your heads with me? Jesus, I've been pretty forceful here, and, and, and you know I'm a loving pastor, but there is somebody in this room that needs to understand that sin hurts. They've felt it. They've recognized it. They've seen it. They've seen the disharmony in their family. They've seen how it tries to pull apart. Sin comes and it destroys. And I'm praying right now that you let somebody just release it to you. God, that you can count on them again to strive to walk with you, to strive to be in your presence, to do all things according to your will. I pray it in the name of Jesus that we make a note to self, that we put the watchman back on the wall this morning and we say these are the important things. These are the important things. Letting go and healing, putting up boundaries, knowing that they don't keep me out of, but they keep things out of my life. Protection is where God places us, under his wings, under his shelter. And I pray that today we don't need to have a, an altar call where we just cry and boo-hoo before the Lord. I want you to save the tears for the hard things. But I wonder if there's someone that will come down and will just stand and say, Lord, I'm going to take dominion. Everywhere I put my foot, you can count on me that I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to stand there and I'm going to be a child. If I have to put protections in place, I will. If I've made mistakes, I'm going to put up some boundaries. Yes, I'm going to maybe have to push some things out, but I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to do it with your help, Lord. I'm going to be the one you can count on. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to keep on fighting the good fight of faith. There's somebody here that needs to make that commitment today. Whoever that is, God sees you. God sees you right now. He's going to grow you through this. He's going to grow your life through this. And as this song is sung and played, this be, let this be a, a message to heaven for you, a prayer to heaven. As Tanya begins to sing, we're going to just lift this up. Come on, let's just say, God, you can count on me. I'm going to heal. I'm going to let any bitterness go. Whatever they said, it doesn't matter. It's going to be in your books, God. You take care of it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You got, God, you take care of things. You do the best kind of growing. You grow me better than anything else. I'm releasing it to you. I'm releasing it to you today. I'm releasing it to you today. I'm going to make a few notes. I'm going to make a few notes in my spirit. I'm going to remind myself that it's God that keeps me. You Nobody else keeps me. me. Here to rest. And
Just stay. 